0: smaller communities, you can have more real impact, it seems like, at least to start.
1: Yeah. And especially that and the factor that you have like other smaller communities coming together because there isn't, maybe the rivalry hasn't formed yet. Maybe the lines haven't been drawn is something I've been finding really interesting.
0: Would you like to start a rivalry right now? (laughs) Would you like to pick somebody as an enemy? No, no. Or a frenemy? How about Marco JS? I hear that's the worst.
2: (laughs) (laughs) My work on Marco is
1: part of actually what I think leads to that.
3: What's up, party people? This episode is brought to you by our friends at Raygun. Raygun gives you instant visibility into the health of your software. Get actionable, real-time insights into the quality and the performance of your web and mobile apps. Raygun delivers modern tooling for customer-centric teams, error monitoring and crash reporting, ship better quality software faster, get code-level insights into the health of your application in real time, and start fixing the errors impacting your end-user's experience. You get real user monitoring, quickly identify and resolve front-end performance issues impacting real users in real time, understand exactly how your application performed for every user session, and page load. And, of course, application performance monitoring gain unrivaled visibility into server-side performance. Unlock detailed code-level insights into the root cause of performance issues so you can take action and deliver lightning-fast digital experiences. The next step is to head to RayGun.com and start your free 14-day trial. No credit card required. Join thousands of customer-centric software teams who use RayGun every single day. Again, RayGun.com
0: this is JS Party, your weekly celebration of javascript and the web we record live on thursdays at 1 p.m u.s eastern 10 a.m pacific join in on the hijinks at jsparty.fm slash community it's totally free and don't forget to follow us on twitter at jspartyfm Special thanks to our partners at Fastly for delivering you our episodes super fast all around the world. Check them out at Fastly.com. All right, here we go. Hey, it's party time, y'all. Oh, hi. Hello there, friends. It is Jared here, your internet friend, and I have a great show for you prepared today. I am joined by a few of our regular co-hosts. Amelia is here. What is up, Amelia?
4: Hey, hey, not much.
0: Not too much. Nick Neesey, also in the house. Welcome, Nick. Ahoy, hoy. Hoy, hoy to you. And special guest from the Solid JS project It's Ryan Carniato. Thanks for joining us, Ryan.
1: Hi, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. We're
0: glad to have you. We're happy to hop into all the details of this very cool UI library that I want to call it new, but it's not all that new. It just feels new because it's kind of bubbling up into the zeitgeist. But first, we're going to start with a brand new mini segment called Hala. Can
2: I holla? Can I holla
4: Can I holla at you? Holla, 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 holla,
0: holla, is a new segment where we holla at some upcoming meetups, events, conferences, things going on around the JavaScript, CSS, web dev community. So I put out a tweet requesting hollas, and we got a quick response from JSConf MX in Mexico, and I believe it's one of their organizers, said, we at JSConf MX could use a holla. We are posting last year's talks in the JSConf YouTube channel in Spanish and in English. So that's very cool. That was Rodrigo who says that. So holla at JSConf MX. We will link up their website in the show notes and take a look at their talks, which they are uploading to YouTube. If you'd like us to holla at your meetup, conference, or event on an upcoming episode, tweet us the info at JSPartyFM.
2: In a matter of seconds, we'll beam your information to one of our skilled field technicians.
3: Hey, 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 can I holla? Can I holla at you? Can I holla? Can I holla, holla? holla,
0: holla? All right, let's dive right in, Ryan. So as I said before, SolidJS, it feels new. It's getting, I think, increased eyes and interest. It is very much a front-end library for UIs. Is it a framework? I don't know. Is it a library? Maybe part of the conversation. But it's not all that new. 2018, so you've been working on it for a while. Tell us kind of the origin story, how SolidJS came to be, and what you're trying to do in this space.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. And even the 2018 is kind of a little bit misleading because I wasn't very open in open source that much. I wasn't very social. I was just a developer working on a team, working on a startup, a small company out of Vancouver, Canada. And we were a company who had built our stack on Knockout JS and CoffeeScript. And this is like 2010, 2012 period. I joined the company in 2012. and I was just working there as a developer and I joined a team that was actually trying to build libraries because if you remember, JavaScript at that time period didn't have that many, uh, there's less stuff out there. And I happened to chance myself by complete randomness to the creator of a library called uh, Knockback, which was like a backbone JS knockout kind of framework. And uh, I just started working there. We built our own ORM because we wanted to do GraphQL type stuff. Before GraphQL, it was all about like linking models and requesting from the client. and a Whole bunch of kind of interesting projects like that in a startup, which was under resourced, (laughs) underfunded. So I don't know if that was the best move, but I kind of got into that zone. And then what happened was my mentor, uh, leadership, he left. He kind of burned out on the whole startup thing, (laughs) doing it all himself. And I I was kind of left being in charge of all the technical stuff. And our stack was aging. And I wanted to maybe move off it to something else, but React wasn't what we liked. We'd become accustomed to different patterns. We accustomed to using Reactivity and these like composable primitives. And really KnockoutJS had this pattern for years. So I actually started on Solid in about 2015. And my first like commit in a private repo was in 2016. But I was just building it for myself, maybe my company. I didn't really I didn't really think anyone else would use it. Everyone seemed to like React. They liked Life cycles and classes and all that. For me personally, I've been go back a little further, but it reminded me of .NET, and I mean that's kind of weird. But I just, I did when I found Knockout, when I found these kind of composable primitives. I never wanted to go back to classes and life cycles and all that kind of stuff again. And the reactive stuff, I could tell was it updated performantly and all this. And I, I just this whole idea of like the VDOM top-down rendering, it just never jived with me. So. I just kept on trying to work on it and eventually Knockout kind of fell out of favor. People you know, didn't care about it and I just kind of did my thing. And I built some benchmarks and I worked through that and that's what got me to open source the library because I was like, oh, well, I want to participate in some benchmarks. I think I found a way to make this approach performant. And what ended up happening was, again, I was just still kind of fine doing my own thing and then React released React Hooks. And I was like, well, wait, it looked identical to Solid. And I was like, okay, well, this changes everything. I, People might actually be interested in this. And Mm. that's when I started writing articles and started kind of putting it out there. But this was always like at the beginning for years, just me kind of tinkering on my own kind of personal project, trying to see if I could take my favorite paradigm and show that it was like performant and that maybe my company would use it. Ironically, when the decision did come, which was also around 2018, and I was kind of, as I said, in charge of those kind of decisions, I I steered everyone to react. But I mean... We'd spent years maintaining our own stack and dealing with that. And that was the wrong move, I think, for a startup that needed to deliver a product. But that experience for me was amazing because it's a different space. I, I You know, what kind of where its origin came from. And you can see that it reflects in the design and all the decisions because like you guys had Rich on recently and he was talking about like almost like the agency mentality or the like media where it was just constant in and out doing these small projects and then moving on to the next one on more people quickly. That's the mentality. I wanted to create something that would last years, that you wouldn't hate your code base after two or three years, that was made specifically to be modular and made for change. And that's a different thing, because you know, in a, in a world where React has permeated everywhere and it's really hard to get an edge or get a footing, most frameworks have focused on lowering the, the floor, like letting people in easier. That wasn't my priority. I, I wasn't changing the product. I just wanted to allow people to have the most control and to like, as I said, not hate their code base after two or three years. That's kind of where Solid came from. It was it was me taking arguably old patterns, things that people have done before, and then just kind of modernizing it. And it's kind of fundamental my belief and how I look at this ecosystem. When you, when you look at the way front-end's progressing, when you look at the way JavaScript technologies progress, you know, and the newest, latest things comes out, and there's just all this fear of missing out, and, you know, the, the whole, like, how should I put it, like, JavaScript fatigue. I've never felt it myself so much, but it's mostly from this kind of understanding is that almost everything new you see, the things that you, you can't miss out on, they were already there. Like, if you looked hard enough, they were there five years ago, they were there 10 years ago, and it's just a matter of, like, when it becomes popular, that it comes into light. Like, as you said, a Solid's been around for a while. Right now, people are seeing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people look at the benchmarks and they look at that. But truth of the matter is, there has been a lot of advances in different ways. And a lot of frameworks have gone more performant and improved DX over time. But, like, for Solid, the performance that you see in those benchmarks, we had that performance in 2016. It, like, I haven't touched that in, like, five years. Like, it, sometimes the, the solution's already there, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just takes a while to come back again. mm
4: mm-hmm. That's such a good story. And um, I feel like I look at Solid and it's, if I were to imagine being like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to start building a framework, it would be totally overwhelming and I wouldn't know where to start. And I'm super curious, like, has Solid changed over the years as you've been working on it, like the code base or the concepts that are involved?
1: Yeah. I mean, it has changed somewhat and code base, definitely. Solid was written in CoffeeScript. Like, just off that. And then I converted it to JavaScript, and then I converted it to TypeScript. I, I'm, like, trailing on the TypeScript side. TypeScript was the hardest adjustment for me. And when are you going to convert it back to JavaScript? <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is that the next trend, right?
0: <laughs> that's the next move. <laughs> yep,
1: just wait. It's happening. It's been tempting at times. I mean, sometimes the typing is challenging, and I, I thank the community for that, because that is not my forte. I, as a guy who came up in CoffeeScript, you know, when I went back to web dev after my .NET dark ages essentially that was all about like prototyping. You don't even declare variables in CoffeeScript. Like you, you literally just kind of like have an idea, spit it out on the page. I've never felt more productive, whether that productivity caused someone to come by later and have to fix it. But you remember I was like the lead dev at a startup and there were some other developers. I probably left a huge wake in my trail. I'd be like, okay, yeah, we should just (laughs) rewrite this whole thing. So I'll go do that tonight and uh, when you come back tomorrow morning i will refactor the whole thing right and then be like look 10x developer here right and then like the next 10 days when everyone else is fixing bugs like i'm sure i did that (laughs) but yeah it's, it's a different mentality here but in terms of the actual mechanics that hasn't changed very much and i think there's been evolutions in reactivity to make the execution more predictable there's been advances in tooling, you know, like JSX has actually became a very important part of our puzzle, even though I didn't realize it at first. I did start with like template DSL type things like Svelte or Vue, but it was still pretty early on. Like I I made the switch to JSX in 2017. It just, the core paradigm and composability were just so strong and so powerful. And it's hard to explain sometimes. It's easier to show, uh, generally speaking, but with Solid, the mentality is is very much one where, and I know this is a weird one, but people who come in and get hooked on Solid, the thing that they, they tend to walk away with is they're like, oh, I could have written this framework. It's very, very different where I've realized over time, you know, it's funny, like, because Solid and Svelte look like siblings sometimes. People are like, oh, yeah, compilers, smart stuff, all this stuff. Someone the other day said we're like Sol and Svelte are like the angular and reactive, like the, the next generation of frameworks and I, I started realizing we're actually very, very different because like on the Svelte side, it's more like we keep the syntax, we keep everything very simple, like you don't have to know how this works underneath, we've abstracted to you, it's just a language, just like something you can pick up and use, but th- th- like I know maybe not everyone cares about it, but I know exactly what's going on behind it, but like, it's much more complicated than what you see. And it's like, a, it's a different kind of gap, right? Where it's like, okay, just write simple JS and it just updates versus like, here is a framework that wears itself on its sleeve, so to speak, that it shows out Like when I kind of introduce people to solid now, I've taken a different tack. Like when I'm not saying like here compared to React, cause that's everyone's first kind of view of it. It starts from a place of actually like a state library. Like I just go here, Write some console logs to the log, to the console. Here's a reactive variable and it'll write to the console. And then the next thing I do would be like, okay, replace that console log with updating a DOM element that you created and then replace that DOM element with a JSX element. Solid doesn't really have components. It's not like a, it's not the top down renderer that you see. And that makes it very, very different in a sense because in a lot of ways, even Svelte is more similar to React than it is to, to Solid in the mechanical side, not on the philosophy side. The philosophy side, this, this is actually pretty complicated stuff, I guess, but on the mm. philosophy side, Solid's very much on the React side where we like things to be explicit and we like things to kind of be these base primitives. We don't kind of hide stuff, so it's kind of like, you learn these hooks, apply them how you like, but that's essentially all you'll ever need. It's not a progressive framework, you know, like that's like the view marketing or salt where it's like you learn the one way and then you build upon it and learn more and then you learn more. So it's like, this is all we got. This is the whole thing. Maybe you could build it yourself. That's the angle. Maybe not the mm-hmm. most beginner friendly angle, but it's like once you get over that little, like that ledge, you're suddenly like, oh, I could do anything with this.
0: So it's been fast since 2016. It's been open since 2018. When was it that you advised your company to Pick React was that twenty eighteen was that in that time frame?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. We were preparing for a rewrite for twenty nineteen that we were going to start like the following year, and it was it was a difficult choice. We, I actually recommended Preact because I was we we're starting to see work towards Preact ten, and I'm like, oh, by the time you know it'll be in the right place. But and we did start on Preact. It was just like a little bit too early days. Some stuff like suspense and hooks weren't right. And the biggest reason we we made the move to React or Preact was we were finally like, okay, there's hooks now in React. Maybe this will fit our pattern. We like those composition patterns. Like it was really important to us that you could like make your own custom hooks and break up logic that way. We, we'd been using those patterns for like most of a decade. And essentially like that was the, the d- differentiator. We had experience, we had React Native for our mobile app. So we, we knew how to do React, but yeah. it wasn't as compelling until hooks came out. The interesting thing, of course, is hooks have hook rules and stuff, and that's something that took a little bit longer to appreciate and actually, as I said, sort of is one of the more standout things with Solid in that it looks kind of like React hooks, but it doesn't have the hook rules and the execution model is very different. So
0: put yourself back in those meetings, only it's 2022. Does your advice change now, or would you still say the same thing?
1: Here's the thing. When you have a company, like a startup or whatever, you have to make a decision. I think you get a certain number of like innovation credits, so to speak, like how many things where you can bet on a on a technology or not. I feel like in 2022 20, right now, solid would be an okay bet for like a, a startup like that trying to they're like, okay, we decided that this element of it is important to us. We'd have to make that decision if we were going to build our own design system or build something, you know, use like Material UI or something. That would be part of that decision process and at my startup, we built our own design system, own component lines, everything. We'd have to rebuild everything anyways. So it wasn't really, the ecosystem wasn't as, wouldn't have been as big of a factor. And I think today, you know, especially if I was working there too, but that definitely would have gone to the way of solid. It was just at the time, I didn't feel comfortable enough recommending it simply because we'd kind of gone through that. And we got up through the other side, right? We, we built a bit in Preact and we switched to React and they finished the app in React and they're like, it wasn't like a clear win over like what we were doing previously. They're like, a lot of stuff doesn't work as well as it used to do, like in a different sense. And it, and there's like new things we have to be aware of. It wasn't like like all sunshine, so to speak. But I mean, there was some good benefits for the startup. Hiring new people on was easier because we'd be like, you know, oh, we're just a React shop. And they'd be like, okay. and So we could get junior developers easier and stuff. I don't think that's actually... If you're going to teach people stuff anyways, I don't think it's that big of a boundary using something like solid because there's a lot of similarities on the superficial, like on the surface level that make it work fine. And I also can spent like most of a decade teaching people knockout, like how reactivity works. So I feel more comfortable about it now. But yeah, I think I took a long time for us to get to 1.0, even though the client side stuff was really stable. I'm just very careful. I don't like putting my stuff out there before it's ready, so to speak. And yeah, I'm a am pretty risk averse, so it would have taken quite a while. It probably I wouldn't have chosen Solid for my startup till about the 1.0 release time period, which is basically this summer. So I feel things have gone to that point. There's a community behind it. It's not me anymore. There's six members on the core team. There's more things that make this choice uh, more attractive than it would have been before. There's there's some momentum. It, it is interesting because that technology decision is one that does tend to stick with you with you for years. And back in like 2011, 2012, you might have not cared as much in a different way because people were willing to be like, okay, Amber, Angular, some JavaScript framework that no one's heard of that's already dead. It, it was like a different time. The mentality around like you have to do React or you can't hire people has kind of influenced things now in a harder way. So I think, I think it's harder to make that decision in general, but I, I think that at this point, I would be, you know, plenty happy to take on solid or Svelte, I mean, it's also a different category, but I mean, I was pretty hot on Svelte even from like 2019, since Svelte 3 came out, I was like, I don't see why people wouldn't use this. So maybe my my kind of bias is in there, maybe I am more risk taking in that side because I understand how these things work than, than uh, others would be. But yeah, today I would recommend it.
3: This episode is brought to you by SignalWire. SignalWire offers APIs, SDKs, and edge networks around the world for building the realest real-time video and video communication apps with less than 50 milliseconds of latency. They use WebSockets to deliver 300% lower latency than APIs built on REST making it ideal for apps where every millisecond and responsiveness makes a difference, like apps that need instant natural language understanding, real-time machine vision, or large-scale video and audio conferencing. Here's what makes them different. They use MCU, multi-point control unit that mixes all video and all audio feeds on the server side, and then distributes a single unified stream back to every participant. That way, every participant in the apps you ship experience the same video the same audio. Your apps have none of the awkward audio effects, obvious lag, and jumpy video. It's all smooth, great UX, creating a more lifelike virtual experience without compromising audio or the video quality. Head to SignalWire.com video, mention JSParty to receive an extra 5,000 video minutes. Just go to SignalWire.com video, and remember, mention JSParty to get those extra 5,000 video minutes.
2: that was a fascinating story giving us a an intro to solid and and kind of what it is and its origins and uh i love that that it's bringing back what's old is new back in my day we used to say dojo already did that and i love that you can look at hooks and be like Solid solid influence that. That was a nice. solid influence. Oh, word of the day. <laughs> I wanted to kind of dig a little deeper into it and and kind of understand a little bit more. And so like I've I've been doing React for years and kind of the reactive style development in like Dojo and things like that. But I'm probably not up to speed on like all of the the terminology. And so like one thing that you mentioned, I think around hooks or or um what they're called in in solid was like composable primitives can you define that a little bit more
1: yeah it's it's the idea that you can take like i'll use react as an example because people aren't familiar but you can take use state and then be like oh actually i want local storage i want the state to always store in local storage so you can make use local state and now you've just replaced it in file maybe just rename the the import so to speak and now you have this new kind of Enhanced functionality and you can wrap obviously effects in it and memos and state and this kind of pattern of building taking these building blocks of Smaller core pieces to make things that are specific for you and your app And you know, we've seen repos like that like react use and I think Vue has one too and solid has one called solid primitives Uh, This idea of kind of building these building blocks out of these these primitives because the thing is the primitives of cells contain the full lifecycle of the updates and the rendering of your components so it's a really nice pattern because once you make it about the data you can group the behaviors together and anyone who's seen the intro to react hooks talks understands this now but i mean that was actually a pretty hard thing to explain before react hooks Marketing's always always hard i suppose but in general like this kind of ability to put data and its behavior together and then package them up that's what i mean by uh, composable primitives. to me that is like the single most important thing in, well, not the single, but one of the most important things uh, in JavaScript framework, this ability to to be extensible in a way that feels native to it, like like part of the language. You mm-hmm. you know, it's not it's not enough to just have like state. You need to be able to have drive state and
4: whatnot. I feel like one of the things I'm always fighting with React is performance. I guess maybe just because I do a lot of data stuff and data is expensive, and when you change it and there's a lot of elements that reload and i think you get a lot of wins for free if you switch um i don't think solid is using a vdom instead it's using reactivity i'd love if you could go into that a little bit
1: it's interesting because this is a much grayer scale than people might realize because you know a lot of the marketing this is how frameworks differentiate themselves but generally speaking most frameworks kind of you have a component and you change something and the component re renders. So, if you had some data and you say have a list of to dos, I don't know, I think mean, this is a terrible example, but you know, everyone knows it, and you update to done on one of those to dos, it goes, okay, rerun the component, rerun the list, figure out what's changed, and update the DOM. And that in itself was always really, really slow. So, people kind of come up in the early 2012 13 time period, kind of maybe even earlier, I guess, when I consider knockout, but ways to kind of just separate that from the render cycle, just use events to update one specific part of the DOM. Like you start going, well, why do all this work when you can just click the button, update the text, like don't do all this re-rendering stuff. And the biggest thing about the VDOM was React showed that you could actually do this top down, re-render the component thing and it not be that bad. Like, as long as you weren't reading from the DOM, causing layout shifts, or you weren't like uh, like doing a bunch of updates all over the place, like unbatched and things ping-pong around, you could just make this virtual object and diff it, and the performance was good enough. Like, it was pretty good. And that's kind of the attractive part about the VDOM, but that made sense purely runtime. What we've seen now is this kind of shift to reactivity because, and maybe no VDOM, because you know with a compiler per se you can kind of separate stuff out and what cell does is instead of having like our vdom representation it just goes here's the code that runs on creation here's the code that runs on update like just looking at the code we can tell from the syntax and goes when it creates run this code (laughs) when it updates run this code and then it just it does a very simple diff because whenever the component needs to rerun it goes okay um this data didn't change, so you don't have to do anything. This data didn't change, you don't have to do anything. Oh, this thing changed. I'll update it. And this is drastically lighter abstraction, and it used a compiler to write it out. I am getting to my, my point here. Solid's actually a little bit different because a lot of people would assume maybe it works like that, but the thing with Solid's approach is it is kind of back to that it's just an event approach. It does use a compiler, but instead of kind of using the compiler to reinforce a component model, it uses the compiler to basically turn every little expression in your JSX into um, a reactive computation. I don't know if that's clear to people. For a reactive, I just tell them it 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 creates a use effect everywhere. Like essentially you write some JSX and I turn the the JSX into a bunch of use effects. Each of those use effects run independently like events. That's probably a terrible explanation. It's so much easier to show this.
4: Really stupid question. So if I write everything in one component versus if I Compartmentalize everything into separate components. Are you saying the performance is basically the same?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was solid because it's not the components that rerun, it's just the hooks that rerun. So, whether you put them all in the same component or spread them out, this is a big, big kind of fundamental shift because it's not about performance in the sense like, oh, you know, this is faster. It's about like, do you need to be aware of this when you author your code, right? And when you build React apps, you're like, oh, okay, this is a component boundary. I'm doing a loop, so I want to push the state into the item because I don't want to rerun the whole loop. So you you kind of do this game of hoisting and pushing down state to make the performance optimal. And the component boundaries really matter. And a lot of the arguments I was making is React assistants feeding into component libraries, maybe they're better at memoizing, you know, but they still causes re-trigger a lot of times and it does matter how they break stuff apart even if it's like downplayed so and quite often the thing is for those libraries the components are the heavy piece you don't want more components because that's when they bring in their instances and the reactivity and the components become this kind of thing that are actually expensive so you'll find like with Vue. And Svelte, you actually tend to lean towards less components from a performance standpoint because you don't want the overhead of components. So there's this interesting kind of thing. Views actually one of the most interesting ones to me because they have a VDOM, which makes them want more components, and they want a reactive system that makes them want to use less components. So it's like a tension that, that always kind of works with them. But with Solid, I was like, if components stopped being the thing, maybe you could just not care about that like not have that influence how you author your components at all you it's just a matter of like having the stuff update where it updates the trick to that is everything is lazily evaluated and i mean that's a little getting more technical but if you picture everything as being getters in the component tree when you pass props through you know like prop drill like in react through your component tree we don't bind it to anything we don't do any extra work at the component boundaries it's just a getter so that we just defer evaluating that prop all the way down to where it's used in the DOM. And that, I mean, it's technical, but it basically flattens the tree to the point that you still are dealing with the, uh, the old event where you're like, here, update the state. And then it's just gonna almost like a stream, like a pipe. It's just gonna go straight to that DOM node that's down three components deep and just update that text node. It doesn't rerun any of the components in between. So yeah, I don't don't know how much that makes sense over audio, but that's kind of the mentality here.
2: It makes sense, I think. I'm trying to put it together as like a mental model. You you mentioned like the JSX being basically turned into a use effect. Like is one key thing there that it's specifically the JSX and not like the component itself? Because I think one thing I read about Solid is that a component function will run only once, which is very different from React. Is that kind of... A big fundamental difference?
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it, because it's the hooks that run multiple times. And generally speaking, it's not like we always wrap all the JSX in a single effect, so to speak. We just we just mm-hmm. break apart the DOM operations. And it's kind of like you set it and then forget it kind of thing. It's it's very declarative kind of model where in the same way you declare like some hooks, you know, you're just like, okay, make this effect that updates the title. The JSX kind of does that. Too. It just goes, oh, make this binding that updates this text on this DOM node. And once it's set, it's that one thing that will rerun. We don't rerun components.
4: This all sounds amazing, and I'm really excited to try it out because it sounds like it solves a lot of problems. I'm always turning into, are there any trade-offs there?
1: Yeah, there is, because this mental model, I mean, run once should raise flags for some people immediately simply because... Like, how does anything change, right? It might be easy enough for me to say, oh, you just wrap stuff in effects, and you can kind of picture some attributes on a DOM element or something changing. But it's top-level stuff that gets a little bit more interesting, because essentially, when things are accessed outside of a reactive scope, and this is the same to a certain degree with Vue, and it's the same thing if you've ever used MobX, they don't track. So then people are gonna go, oh, where did my reactivity go? So like the number one rule of learning solid generally is don't destructure props. This drives react devs <laughs> absolutely nuts. And it, they're like, they, people trying to come up with really interesting solutions to solve it. And there are solutions to quote solve it, but they're all complicated and they all involve like magic. Like they all involve like making certain assumptions that generally I'm not as comfortable making. I mean, to be fair, it's not unlike the lint rules around the dependency arrays in React. Like Solid doesn't have those dependency arrays, so you you don't need to write them, so we don't have that rule. But on the destructuring side, we do have ESLint rules to say, hey, don't destructure. But again, there's there's always an exception to every rule. And it's the thing. I'd say that one and then top level control flow. Like early returns. Like if you just go if this return here, it's never going to run again. So (laughs) it's never going to hit the other branch. So generally speaking the control flow, I mean, you could do it a couple ways. You could use the reactive system. But generally, it, for the most part, you just put the control flow in the JSX. You just put it in the fragment. You know, if, if, if there's two different exits, just make a JSX fragment or a ternary operator and just put it in there and then it'll handle it. it. It it does take a little bit of adjustment. But I feel once you're at least familiar with the pattern, you kind of can get in the flow with it. But it does mean as you can kind of... Yes, like React compat is not on the on the menu, so to speak. Like the execution is very different. There's no use ref. There's no use callback. These concepts make no sense in Solid because the thing doesn't run again. So it doesn't port right away. I, I think a good heuristic for people is like once you get to a point where you use use ref for something that is not a DOM element, that's the point at which uh, it doesn't port directly to Solid, and you have to kind of think about it a bit. Fortunately, the when you get to the point when you have to use use ref for not a DOM element. That's used to the point where people start cursing hooks. So it's it's about the th- the same threshold.
2: I just think it's it's funny that people will go out of their way to try and bring back that like the ability to destructure and, and like you know that the patterns that we're familiar with in React when that is so much more complicated than what's actually happening here. <laughs>
1: One of the cool things about being built on these primitives, and this is the most wild thing I've found about Solid, is we don't have that many component libraries yet. Some people, so there's a bootstrap, solid bootstrap that's finished up, but we don't have like material design yet or carbon components or reach components. There's a whole bunch of stuff and it works, but we have like three or four projects, actually probably more than that, where people have just taken Solid and built a compiler in front of it to use the syntax of their choice. Like there's like Svelte to solve it in like this. We have more thing. People really care about that s- syntax element. And honestly, that wasn't like, as I mentioned earlier, that wasn't like my goal. That wasn't where I was going to. I just wanted these reusable primitives. What people found is because the building blocks are so exposed and so easy, it's not that difficult to just build that kind of, if you want Svelte looking thing, they can just build it on top um, and still kind of benefit from some of the other cool stuff about solid in terms of performance and and whatnot like there's always trade-offs right like perfect examples like if if you go strictly to like the spell type syntax with the lets and the dollar signs well composition is challenging like cell has a different mechanism to that they have like use stores which is completely separate than the the reactive language right so that's one of those kind of trade-offs it's much easier to do local optimized compilation than cross files so like it makes sense, but it's what do you value? As I said, I, I super super value composition, so that wasn't the direction I took. But you know, if people don't care about that element, you know, then they can do it. And I think what that's the coolest part about having adaptable building blocks—things that aren't necessarily configurable, complex, but just little things that can be used in lots of different ways.
0: Hey, Jared here. One of the things we can count on in the software industry is change. The state of the art changes so fast, in fact, that keeping up can feel like a whole other job on top of your actual job. That's why we created ChangeLog Weekly. It's our totally free newsletter that we drop in your inbox each and every Sunday. We link to the latest news, the best articles, and the most interesting projects that you should be aware of. We also add a little commentary from us saying why something's important, pointing you to other instances of a trend, or just making a dorky joke to keep it lively. So if you haven't yet, I recommend subscribing to Changelog Weekly and help us help you keep up with the latest. Head to changelog.com slash weekly and sign up today. Again, it's totally free and we never spam you. Yuck. One last time, that's changelog.com slash weekly. so 1.0 happened last summer there's traction now there's people talking about it you got JS Party interested tell us about the community obviously when you pick something not as big as react you miss out on opportunities for community contributed libraries and plugins and Example code and all these things, and so that's always something that the smaller, more indie projects really have to fight against. But it seems like you do have some traction, you have some momentum. Can you tell us who else is using Solid? About the team behind it, is it just yourself still? Are there people involved? What's the momentum look like? What does the future look like? Give us that picture.
1: I couldn't be happier in the way that the community has developed around Solid. It's taken time. It's been you know slow. Mostly because at the beginning I wasn't really looking to do much. I, I brought a couple other people in, kind of on the the core team to help with the website and the docs, and it's grown down to like six members, and even more people around the ecosystem who are, who are contributing. It's um, a good solid <laughs> group Bye. of, ding, uh, yeah, contributors. Yeah, I knew I was gonna I was gonna do that at some point, or someone was gonna do that. Contributors, uh, you know, like a couple dozen people that kind of participate in the Discord, help on the various projects. Um, I think the biggest thing that I I like about our community is because Solid's built on this transparency, like just like everyone knows how the framework works or feels like they can build it, we kind of really fostered, or been trying to foster uh, a community where it's all about like, uh, it's not about like, Maybe cultish following, so to speak. Like it's not about like this is the only solution. Trying to kind of teach people to look at performance, look at metrics, and look at trade offs, and really have a deep understanding. And I think that kind of reflects in the way the community is out there. I I have to admit, it does set a bunch of people in the world out on the world who are kind of like you know well actualing people on Twitter and stuff. But Mm. for the most part, I'm really happy how there's been a really open discourse to kind of make improvements and look at the web in general um, and even keep our community close to other projects that are looking at that. Things like Astro or um, Quick or um, Marco, which I also work on, just kind of sharing of ideas. And I think that's, that's really exciting. That is one of the benefits you do get on the indie side so to speak because you have a bunch of like small parties that are all like mm-hmm. th- they know they're the small players they're not the giants in this so they're much more likely to be you know comrades so to speak well it's
0: easier to get a seat at the table right because you have more opportunity have influence and to help and feel like your contributions really do move the needle in a larger community you can feel like you're trying to help or you're trying to pitch in and you're trying to evangelize and it's like you're just one of like thousands of other people doing that kind of thing but smaller communities you can have more real impact it seems like at least to start
1: yeah and especially that and the factor that you have like as i said other smaller communities kind of coming together because there isn't like maybe the rivalry hasn't formed yet maybe the the lines haven't been drawn um is something i've been finding really interesting would you like to start a rivalry
0: (laughs) right now would you like to pick somebody (laughs) as an enemy no no or a frenemy how about marco js i hear that's the worst. Yes.
1: <laughs> my work on Marco is part of actually what I think leads to that, because I work on two frameworks. There's no way I could possibly, and and they're, they're at times very opposite sides, like one's single page app, one's multi-page app, one solid, I've already told you about the modularity and the composability. Marco is like on the Spelt side of things. So like these are very kind of opposite things. And because of that, and because of my work and the way I talk about it, I think it kind of always has this kind of even keel sort of feel. And I think that, of permeates through the community and have others feel like it's a safe place to talk about ideas and kind of push the web forward. Like uh, like this morning, for example, Misko, heavy creator of Angular and Quick, actually just popped right on our server general and just dropped in his latest tutorial vi- video for Quick. Had nothing to do with Solid, but he knows our community is like super stoked about everything that's happening in web dev and everything that cuts the you know cuts cutting edge. Whether yeah. it's Solid specific or not, and I think it's a community of early adopters. I I love that kind of atmosphere. On the other side, though, that's the other side of your question, that's a community, and that's a community that's been growing. And the hackathon that we we actually started, um, which is a three month long hackathon, launched in January, ends in April, is really kind of pushing new people to come in and try Solid for the first time. So I think that there's a lot of room for growth. We did this long. Uh, hackathon because we didn't want people to feel pressured we just want them to give it a shot try it out maybe like it and kind of spend the time to put in a library that people can continue to use so this has been a s- slow growth but I, as I said I couldn't be happier with where that's going on the topic of like where solid's heading which is what you're kind of doing with uh, what you asked about 1.0 took a long time for us to get to 1.0 it came out this summer and Mostly delayed because of uh, server-side rendering. I built a a framework that was designed for client-side rendering primarily. And then in the process, everyone wanted server-side rendering. So I looked into it and got better at that and figured out how we could do that. Since 1.0, we've added a lot of interesting features, um, stuff like concurrent rendering, universal renderers, um, which are like ability to support things like maybe solid native or solid GL. And um, most recently, we added um, support for uh, HTML streaming. And these are all just building blocks that we've been trying to piece together to complete that story so that people have the the fundamental pieces they would need to try solid in a number of different applications. But we're kind of switching gears of, a bit now. Now that we've kind of shown what solid is capable of, shown the different avenues you could you could take it, we're now kind of taking another cycle where we want to make it easier for people to use, easier for people to to kind of come in for the first time, use the SSR or whatnot. And a big part of that actually has been work uh, towards developing our own sort of starter meta framework thing. You've seen CellKit, you've seen Remix recently, there's Next.js and a bunch of other things. Sometime about last March, uh, kind of started on this and uh, as I've mentioned, we've done a lot this year, so I haven't as given it as much focus to now. But we're taking it seriously. We, we that's the number one question people ask. Besides, is there a component library? Is there a way that we can just get started with Solid in like a full stack SSR kind of way? And uh, the answer to that very soon should be should be yes. I've been using it for a lot of our demos, if people check them out, uh, I've been basically making hacker news demos and posting them all over the internet on every different cloud provider, whether it's Netlify f- functions or Cloudflare workers or or Vercel Edge. I've been using the kind of early alpha version of this solid start, which is what we kind of dubbed the starter as a way of uh, kind of proving out uh, the ability to have solid completely at the edge with uh you know all the modern conveniences like uh as i said streaming suspense on the server and whatnot all from the edge and yeah I, i've been really happy kind of exploring that especially cloudflare workers and uh Vercel edge which is built on cloudflare workers is really really cool technology and uh, I, I definitely see you know a lot of the frameworks are spending a lot of time here and i, I think it's going to be really change the way we approach building apps in a sense. I know like there's different scales and different companies that have different needs, but it's quite likely that this sort of edge worker approach is almost like the new jam stack. when you can build it so close to the edge. You don't necessarily need to be static. What's really interesting is there's like new technology tricks, new ways to get performance. So I'm, I'm all in there trying to push boundaries and see what we can do.
4: I'm curious with adoption How has that changed after 1.0? And also, is there like a certain niche of people that you find are using Solid more than others?
1: Yeah, uh, there's definitely now a sense that like it's worth investing in certain things. Like people were very relatively resistant, let's say from investing in say, creating certain types of libraries, like component libraries, things that were big investments in time before 1.0. That's kind of changed. A A lot of people are actually, trying that the other thing i'm starting to see is yes you know smarter smaller companies projects things like that where people are coming coming in and are like hey we want to use solid for that there's been a sprinkling over the years but there's just been more and, and more of that you know part of the way we were able to get sponsors for this hackathon was these companies actually want to invest in solid because they want to hi- they want to get people to learn solid so they can hire people in solid companies like 402 and a few others that are sponsoring the hackathon are, are kind of give back to give in. You know, you know, what I mean, like it, it, essentially by putting stuff into solid, putting stuff in the community, it kind of pays it back to themselves as well. So, yeah, this is a big, big difference from you know, when I was doing this by myself to kind of see people excited to use it, to use it in their projects.
0: Well, this has been a solid roundup of everything solid. Ryan, is there anything left on the table, things that you were hoping we to ask you or things you would like to say, places to point people to get started or where the community gathers that uh, we haven't talked about yet that you'd like to say as we tail off?
1: Yeah, I mentioned it a bit before, but I think the website is actually has a ton of resources on it. We, we've been trying really hard to, to gather as many resources as we can in terms of libraries, articles, videos, and there's a tutorial on there, um, very influenced by Svelte style tutorial. There's 40 different lessons you can use to learn Solid. I think I think it's a great starting place, at least for anyone who is familiar with other JavaScript frameworks. It's a very quick reference to go like, oh, this is how I do it in Solid. Um, there's also the Discord. Um, that's where we live. It's been growing rapidly over the last few months, and if you, if you want a question answered, honestly. Jump in there. It's all linked off the website, but that's where we we live. We're, we're like always online, so do come in, join the community, say hi. That's definitely the best way to get connected with us.
0: Excellent, Nick and or Amelia. Any nagging questions that you haven't had a chance to
1: ask yet?
4: When are you getting poached by Purcell? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, good one, good one. That's that's floating around for a bit. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know about that, but I mean. They were very, very stoked about the demo. I didn't realize this at the time, but we, I did that hack news demo on Vercel Edge with streaming and transitions and suspense and everything. And I, I assumed that's what everyone would, like that's what Next 12 was doing I, and all that. And that was a demo, but I was actually mistaken. I, I basically had kind of hacked, reverse hacked Next.js to get a full solid app running on the, on the Edge within 12 hours of the Vercel announcement. And they were like, Whoa, 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 this is really cool. So they reached out to me in terms of getting a, a solid integration. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know about them um, uh, hiring me, so to speak, but I've been working with them recently um, for, on a solid integration. So our new starter, Solid Start, um, it does actually show up in the integration list on, on Vercel, so you can create an app right away with that and have it deploy to um, Vercel Edge with all the bells and whistles, so to speak. Solid.
2: I'll just throw out, uh, not a question really, but more of a a statement, I guess, you know, there was a tweet, I think yesterday by Ryan Florence, one of the creators of remix talking about how the world seems to be ready for the post react world. And he mentions both solid and Marco in the tweet. So just really cool being able to talk to you about that, being able to talk to you about the, the potential other side of this react coin that we've been in for quite a while. And, uh, very exciting stuff. I'm really excited to learn more and to unlearn some of the, <laughs> the things that I, <laughs> I'm doing in React.
1: Yeah, the React community especially has been more supportive than I would have ever imagined. I don't know how, how to place it. Maybe it's the philosophical similarities. Maybe they, they see the same kind of driving motivations and goals that are in React that have allowed them to attach themselves to it. Because uh, we've had really good responses from Brian Florence and Michael Jackson from Remix. Um, just people like Mark Deglish, uh, with Vanilla Extract, um, David Piano, like just a lot of people, Tanner Lindsay, like a lot of people working around the libraries in React. Who you know maybe they've struggled with hooks, but they generally like the model. But I think they can see the Solid kind of carries a bit of the torch, the same kind of mentality as React. And I I didn't expect that effort. That I said I, I thought it would be like the compiler reactive people, but I, I think those kind of things that might seem more like on the surface actually maybe make a bigger difference in how we choose uh, the frameworks and tools that we like to use more so than I would have expected. Um, it's been incredible to see the, the React community on that. When people kind of discover reactivity for the first time because of solid and someone has to point out to them, they're like, this is kind of like how Vue works, right? It, like Vue's been doing this also this whole time. There are differences, but like the reactivity part, and it's just because maybe something about the way Vue showed its reactivity or the, the kind of mental model abstraction like Svelte or whatever you know on that side it just never clicked and I think the React community has been so supportive in, in that sense. I, it's funny mo- the more like religious wars I actually have is with other reactive libraries it's like Solid's a traitor.
0: <laughs> well there you have it your opportunity for a rivalry can be with the other reactive libraries if we can get a real barn burner going well Ryan thanks so much for joining the show telling us about solid thanks for all your hard work on this cool and interesting and exciting to use Nick's word option in the front end space we have lots of options but that's what innovation is right we continue to push and change and try new things and push the industry forward and bring everybody along with us along the way so thanks for all your hard work on that to our listener we have all of the links to all the things in the show notes. So check those for all the places to go to learn more about solid as well as the solid start meta framework that Ryan mentioned there at the end. We'll have everything linked to hollow one more time at JSConf Mexico. Check out those YouTube videos. They're uploading in both languages on behalf of Amelia Wattenberger and Nick Nisi. I'm Jared Santo, and this has been JS party. We'll catch y'all next week. Alright, that is our show. Thank you for listening. What do you think? Let us know in the comments. Yes, you can comment on every J.S. Party episode on changelog.com. There's a direct link to the comment thread for this episode at the top of your show notes. If you're digging J.S. Party, do us a solid by recommending the show to a friend. We'd love to have them listening along, and hey, it'll give you one more thing to talk about next time you see each other. J.S. Party is produced by me, Jared Santo, with Breakmaster Cylinder Beats in the mix thanks again to our partners at fastly for delivering this episode super fast all around the world next up on the pod we have special guest evan Yu. maybe you've heard of him he's the creator of ujs and veet which is the focus of the conversation you don't want to miss this one we'll have it ready for you next week
1: much of my experience with those years in that startup. Your boss, Amelia, i, I he was my mentor. Adan? No, no, I guess bigger boss. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Jason Warner. I think he's moved on, hasn't he?
4: Yeah, he was my boss for like, I joined the office of the CTO and then yeah. like three months later the CTO <laughs> left. I didn't do it. It's not because I joined, <laughs> I swear.
1: <laughs> oh, no, that's interesting. Yeah, see, I, that's that's exactly I haven't even kept up on it. It was funny because and when the start, in my startup when the when everyone took off, I was left by myself, and my, my the CEO was like the only one left. There's no CTO, no CO, no nothing. Mm. And she actually pulled Jason in to be like, uh, "Hey, you know, this is Salesforce day. But okay, I didn't mm. even really move on. See, I don't know anything.
4: Yeah, he does VC now.
1: That's funny. Yep. That was short lived then because he was yeah. Okay, that's funny because that was
0: short lived with Amelia there, but he was there. I mean, he helped do the whole sale to Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. We had a whole conversation with him on the changelog where he tells the tale. He basically came in there, helped sell it to Microsoft, and it was pretty cool the way that it all went down. But
4: I think I listened to that before my interview with him. And I was like, it's cool having okay. podcast episodes before you do an interview with someone because you can right. <laughs> get a sense of, <laughs> yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah, we were actually surprised. We didn't know what the conversation was going to be when we recorded that episode. We didn't, like, he was very candid and just like, he's like, I've never told this story, but I'm going to tell it right now. Like, okay. <laughs> Cause it was kind of the inside story of that acquisition to a certain, you know, from his perspective, obviously. That's cool. So that was cool. But then, yeah, then I was like, Amelia, you work there. And then she's like, yeah, but he's gone. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I know Jason. Oh, he's gone. Okay. But <laughs>
1: well, there you
2: go.
0: So who's the CTO now, Amelia?
4: We don't have one. Oh. Yeah. We're now GitHub next. It's just like an R and D team.
0: GitHub next. Oh yeah. Sure. Still a sweet job i mean still the same job that was octo basically because that's what he was doing was kind of it
4: hasn't changed a lot
0: we asked him what he does and he's like my job is like 10 years from now stuff
4: yeah exactly
0: when he was there so (laughs) solid all right (laughs)